Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. What are some of the basic ethics of money? You know, we're not to love or worship money. Money is simply a tool, a resource, just like this microphone is, just like this device is, you know, just like these glasses, whatever, just like the car you drove here. It's just a tool. It's a, it's a, it's a tool. It's an equipment to get something done. And, of course, we need the financial equipment to get the job done. We also need the supernatural equipment to get the job done, which is the anointing. It's simply a tool to accomplish something else. Money is not the object. Money, actually, money is not what you need. If you think about it, you don't need money. You need the things that money can buy. You can't eat money. You can't wear money. You can't drive money. You can't live in money. Money is simply a medium of exchange. But the, here's the thing. The enemy wants us to think that we need money. You need money. And so you, your focus ends up being on money. Instead of seeing, and it becomes like a veil. That's what I've realized over the years. Money that paper money just becomes like a veil over people's eyes. They cannot see past that paper, what's beyond it. And then they think that that's the focus. But that actually, you realize that God can get you things without that money. They have 5,000 families, come on, and only five loaves and two fish. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, we have nothing. The people are hungry. What do we do? Jesus said, you give them something to eat. They said, we don't have anything. We don't have 200 denarii to feed these people. Jesus said, you think you need 200 denarii. No, you need the supernatural multiplication. You need divine intervention. You need divine grace. You need divine provision. Bring me those five loaves and two fish. Jesus broke them, even into smaller pieces, gave them to the 12 disciples, and they went out and fed the people, came back with 12 baskets full. Where did all that come from? See, they were conditioned to think. That's why we are conditioned to think. I need 200 denarii to go buy the food to feed the people. And Jesus said, no, you do not need 200 denarii. You need faith and you need the blessing of the Lord to bring supernatural provision and multiplication. So you got to take your eyes off of money. We're trained to think how much it costs. As soon as God speaks to people about doing something, first thing they start thinking about, what's the cost? When you get that out of your mind, you can start to actually move in the supernatural. God can actually begin to use you for big things. There are many people who won't do anything because they think that they don't have the money. I have never, ever had the money to do what God spoke to me to do. When God said, go to West Palm Beach, we left a church of 18 years, 12 full-time staff on television, going to the nations, overseeing multiple churches, over 50 people in the Bible school, established ministry, and the Lord said, go to West Palm Beach. We came here with seven suitcases, myself, my wife, and our daughter, a little over four years ago. We did not know anybody. All we had was a word from God, but the gift of faith was on us. We knew that we knew that we knew we could not fail. All we had was the clothes in the suitcases and personal items. Didn't have a car, didn't have a house, didn't have any furniture, nothing. Left everything there. Our car, our house, everything, furniture, everything. We left it all, got on, had one-way ticket, flew to Miami International, rented a car, drove up here to uh, Jog Road to see a church I, I found being rented on Craigslist. 
and spoke with the pastor over the phone and made a deal showed up you realize that they always look better in pictures I said okay we made a deal I signed the lease the guy said okay we're only gonna sign a six-month lease for you because you know you may not make it I said oh not only will we make it you watch and see what God's gonna do six in six months he just looked at me like this you know just in case you can't pay and there's never been one single bill that's ever been laid and unpaid in this ministry never never in one time from day one we've been in overflow from day one we've been in overflow from day one day one we were able to take a salary from day one we've been in overflow never lacked never lacked and now from here we're going to go to the next level you know you just keep walking by faith you, you, you aim, you get, you hit one target, then you make a bigger target, bigger goal, you go for that one, you hit it, because your faith can only focus on one big target at a time, so you have to focus your faith. You can't have your, the problem with also a lot of Christians is their faith is all over the place. It's like an octopus. They, they, they're, like, they're like reaching for 10 different things at once. You got to focus your faith, amen, and your faith has to be targeted. You got to have specific goals for your faith. You got to aim for it. You got to believe it. You got to speak it. You got to move in that direction. And when you hit it, you go praise God. And now to the next one. That's how faith works. Amen. Is this helping anybody here today? Money is simply a tool. So you cannot go by what money you have in the bank account or you don't have in the bank account. You have to have a word from the Lord. The word of the Lord is the currency of the kingdom because it generates faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. That's how divine exchange happens. God releases his word. You receive it and faith comes by hearing and then all of a sudden you have faith. Now you can begin to do what God's asked you to do and that faith will produce what you need in terms of the natural. So you don't need 200 denarii. You need to believe God. You need to have faith. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And then later on, he didn't say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know what I was asking for. You can't do it, so let me do it. Actually, yes, he prayed. He broke the bread and the fish. He gave it to them, but ultimately, they did end up giving the people something to eat. Who was it that fed the people? Because I know it says, usually in your Bible, the man-made titles are there. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Actually, the disciples fed the 5,000. Jesus watched the disciples feed the 5,000, and Jesus watched the disciples come back with the 12 baskets full. He was just trying to initiate and stir up their faith. What you got? Five loaves and two fish we got from a little boy here. Little Elijah's lunch. His mother Miriam gave him this for lunch. Because he knew it would be a long day. It would be a long meeting with Jesus. Not a one-hour dry cleaning service. You know, it was an all-day meeting. It's my kind of meeting. You know what I mean? They started very early, and it was very late at night. Think about it. I mean, they came to him in the early morning hours. And now it's late in the evening. And he's been preaching and healing all day. That's a massive healing crusade. All day. That's my kind of meeting. Amen. <laughs> And then the disciples fed them. Jesus just showed them that they needed faith. They didn't need seed to start with, but they needed to activate their faith. And the, the pieces of fish and bread just became the seed and the point of contact for them to release their faith. Every time they put something 
in somebody's hand, that was the point of contact. They weren't just releasing bread and fish. They were releasing their faith. And then, boom, all of a sudden, there's more in their hand. And they, boom, there's more in their hand. And then now, listen, the multiplication is happening so fast. Ooh, hold on, I can't. Bring me a basket. This is happening faster than I can give out. So I got to give you some and put some in the basket. I got to give you some, put some in the basket. I got to give you some, put some in the basket. Because it's just multiplying too fast in my hands. Get me a basket. Come on. That's the supernatural. The miracle happened in their hands. So when you look in your hands, what do you see? Do you see just empty hands or do you see the anointing? Do you see the, the empowerment? Do you see the visible or the invisible? The bread and the fish is just the visible, but faith is invisible. And we know that everything visible comes from those things that are invisible. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there's actually substance in your hands. It's a supernatural substance. You don't see it, but it's there. Do you see it? Look in your hands. Do you see the substance of faith? Man. Man. Hold on. I got to get. Wow, look at that. I got a lot of substance here in my hands. Man, I can do a lot of things with these, this substance. I can move a mountain with this substance. Man, I can raise a dead person back to life with this substance. Man, I can feed a city with this substance. And I can get on a plane, go to a country where nobody knows me, to a city nobody knows me, and build a church with this substance. Man, hallelujah, glory to God. Look at that substance. <laughs> What do you see? What do you see? Are you looking with the natural eyes or are you, are you looking with the eyes of your spirit? The eyes of your understanding. What understanding do you have? Because there is a substance. You know, I was preaching one time in the early days of my ministry and I made a statement, cliche statement, you know. God created the world out of nothing. And in the middle of my message, the Holy Ghost arrested me and said, that's not true. I'm like, what? Said, that's not true. I said, yeah, but we always say that. He said, that's not true. I didn't create the world out of nothing. He said, I created the world out of the substance of faith. I spoke it into existence. I used a substance called faith. You don't see it, but it's there. It didn't come from nothing. It came from a word. It came from a word that had a substance in it called faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's the difference between ye of little faith, like an ounce of faith, or great faith, big, big, big faith. So you can increase your faith by feeding on the word and starving your doubts. Stop listening to the garbage, the fear. Amen. And feed your spirit with the word of God and build your faith. Praying the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Amen. Feed your faith. Ethics of money. Stewardship is going to be the key. Since money is simply a tool, it's how we manage the tools. I mean, there are certain tools, if you mismanage it, it's dangerous. You know, a nail gun can be very useful, can also be very deadly. You know. 
So it's stewardship. It's how we use the resources. When you're faithful with little, God will make you ruler over much. Amen. We have a moral responsibility to support the work of God and give into the kingdom. Amen. And another thing in Titus chapter 2, verse 10, tells us, do not take things of small value. There's a lot of small things. See, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's usually not the big things that take people out. It's a lot of small things. It's a lot of little things. I mean, you know, you hear like these football coaches and these, you know, championship coaches talk about all the time. We got to do the little things. The championship teams, they, they do the little things right. You know, it's just like that. you got to do the little things right every day. And so a part of your righteousness is doing the little things right every single day. Never compromising the word of God. And you got to do it. you got to do the, you got to have that spirit of excellence. And you got to do the little things. you got to pay attention to the little things. Don't miss the little things. The big miracles are usually hidden in the little things. It's like the mustard seed of faith. But once, once planted, it's the smallest of seeds. And you can think, ah, just a little mustard seed. But Jesus said, if you even have a mustard seed of faith, you can move a mountain. And so your breakthrough is hidden in those little things. A lot of times people are waiting for that big breakthrough, but they're not doing the little things. It's the consistency of doing the little things every day. It's the consistency of doing the little things every day. Every single day, be committed to walking in righteousness. Every single day, be committed to an excellence uh, of and an high standard of morality and ethics in your life in every area in your finances in your dealings in your speech these are very important things these are the things that lead to prosperity Amen. a lot of times people just waiting for their big break to just come and then and it does come but it's like wow what how you got that oh that you got that overnight that was a 10 year overnight breakthrough you don't know all that has happened before that Amen. you know Hallelujah. And so God will honor your consistency. And that's where faithfulness is proven. You know, it takes time to prove faithfulness. You don't just, well, let me try that tithing thing this month and see how it works. And, and if it works, I'll do it again. If not, I won't do it. No, you don't try tithing. Tithing tries you. And I've heard many people, I tried that. It doesn't work. No, you did it one time and you quit. You got to believe God's word. God's testing you. You think you're testing him? He's testing you to, to see if you will really continue to trust him and be faithful. Amen. So the three big moral issues associated with money, of course, number one is stealing. Taking what is not yours. That is taking what's not yours as, as if it's yours. And the tithe belongs to the Lord. You know that, right? Will a man rob God? Yet, people say, how, how have I robbed you? Robbed me in tithes and offerings because the tithe belongs to the Lord. So you don't take it for yourself. You'll be stealing from the Lord. That is the number one thing. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It's, 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 it's your covenant responsibility to honor the blessing of the Lord. And how does the world operate? It's all stealing. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Second big moral issue associated with money is cheating. Misleading or misrepresenting unjust scales. Look at Psalm, uh, sorry, Proverbs 11 and 1. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. 
Amplified says that false balance and unrighteous dealings are extremely offensive and shameful. Shamefully sinful to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And you know, the whole world is based on um, false weights and balances. The whole system is based on lies and cheating. So we have to be honest. Amen. Look at Proverbs 20 and 23. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord and dishonest scales are not good. Amplified says diverse and deceitful weights are shameful, shamefully vile and abhorrent to the Lord and false scales are not good. Wow. And then the third part of more, the third moral issue that associated with money that we see in the world system is lying. Twisting the truth, falsehood, straight out lying. I mean, they are straight out. They don't even hide it anymore. I mean, they just look right in the camera and tell bold-faced lies. Just absolute bold-faced lies. And the people believe them. But it's one of the signs of the end of the age. Deception. The, actually, the number one sign Jesus talked about, deceiving and always being deceived. So what is our position then as the righteous? How do the righteous deal with finances? Well, instead of stealing or taking, we are to be giving. We are to come in the opposite spirit. Giving moves you in the opposite spirit. Generosity. Bible says the hand of the generous makes rich or the liberal hand, the liberal soul is made rich. That's the generous person is enriched. Amen. And what's our response to the way everything, you know, dealing with cheating? Just way of handling money. Just way of handling our businesses. Just way of conducting our lives. Everything completely just. No misleading, no misrepresenting. Everything has to be straight up truth. Not even a little bit of mix of an, an ounce of a lie because half, you know, half truth is also a lie. You know that. And when it comes to the third, lying, twisting the truth, what are we, we are to be honest. Look at what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Ghost and they dropped dead over an offering. And that happened in the New Testament church under grace. That didn't happen under the law. That happened in the New Testament under the, the, law, uh, the covenant of grace because they lied to the Holy Ghost. And they dropped dead. And then, of course, great fear came upon everybody. So... I'll close with a couple more scriptures and give you an opportunity. So is this helping anybody here today? These are things that we have to talk about because we have to pre prepare. Because as God prospers his people, there's going to be a very thin, narrow line to walk in. I mean, you're going to have to walk in a very, very, really, it's, it's a very thin line. Prosperity. You know, you've got to keep everything together in your life so that God can not only bless you, but he can protect you. And we've got to prepare for the end time wealth transfer that's coming to the righteous. Right? The wealth of the wicked is laid out for the righteous. So we've got to be righteous. And I'm not talking about half righteous. I'm not talking about 80% righteous. I'm talking about 100% full-on righteous in dealings concerning money, finances, and responsibility. So, and I'll close with this, going to uh, Psalm 37. And actually, you know, just if you read the whole psalm, it's really about how the righteousness 
how the righteous are with finances. Psalm 34 is that way. Psalm 37 is that way. But look at it, Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4. Amplify, trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness. So what are you going to feed on? You're going to feed on his faithfulness. Come on, lift your hands and say, I will feed on the Lord's faithfulness. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you know that you can feed on faithfulness? You know why? Because the Lord is faithful. And truly you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then go to uh, 21. The wicked borrows and does not repay. The wicked borrow and pay not, for they may be unable. But the uncompromisingly, I like that, uncompromisingly righteous. That's what I'm talking about. Not, not half righteous. Uncompromisingly righteous. Who is going to be uncompromisingly righteous in this place? Let me see. Who's going to say, I'm going to be uncompromisingly righteous? No compromise. Absolutely no compromise. But the uncompromisingly righteous deal kindly and give for they are able. See, when you're uncompromisingly righteous, the Lord empowers you to be a giver. He blesses you to be able to give. Hallelujah. And then go to 25. I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we got to be uncompromisingly righteous. I recommend to study out this whole psalm. It's powerful. Psalm 37 is really about uncompromisingly righteous, how they do, how they deal. So we're going to deal righteously. We're going to trust the Lord. You will not beg. You will not lack. You will feed on his faithfulness. Amen. No unjust scales, no false weights and balances. You don't have to lie, cheat, or steal to get ahead as the world's, the spirit of the Antichrist is about lying, cheating, and stealing to get ahead. When you're uncompromisingly righteous, guess what happens? The Lord promotes you. There'll be a supernatural promotion that will come upon your life. Amen? I thought you'd be more excited than that. I said there'll be supernatural promotion that will come upon your life supernatural acceleration trust the lord walk by faith not by sight feed on his faithfulness feed on his faithfulness not only that you will feed the five thousand you will give them something to eat hallelujah so look in your hands one more time say this after me i have the substance of faith in my hands these hands are full of the miracle working, healing power of God. The supernatural flows through me. I am able to do all things God's called me to do. I am abundantly supplied for every good work by His grace. And I will be 
uncompromisingly righteous and I will trust in the Lord and he will supernaturally accelerate me and promote me in Jesus mighty name amen thank you for tuning into my podcast I hope that you have been blessed I would like for you to consider two things number one subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts number two support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website riverwpb.com thank you for tuning in look forward to you joining our next podcast god bless you